Welcome to The Intuitive Edge, episode 178. Today's guest, the author of Not Without God, Zena Hermes. And to me, consciousness and intuition are very closely related. You know, consciousness is awareness and intuition is unconscious activity that's brought to awareness. Welcome to The Intuitive Edge. I'm Victoria Lynn Weston, your host. I'm an intuitive business consultant, entrepreneur, and founder of Studio Carlton. We're voice designers, producers, and developers of custom Amazon Alexa skills. I embrace big, bold ideas and love doing the unpredictable when it comes to helping business owners and professionals expand their brand, gain recognition, raise their visibility, and most importantly, attract new business. The future is here, and it's all about voice. Check out StudioCarlton.com. Today's guest is Zena Hermes. She's the author of the best-selling book, Not Without God, A Story of Survival. And she's also just released her latest Not Without God series, Hope in the Storm. Today, she'll share her story with us about when she was hit by a car as a teenager and suffered a spinal injury. And doctors told her that she would never be able to walk again. Zena Hermes, it's a pleasure to have you here. You have quite a story, quite an experience, and quite an interesting book. So we have a lot to talk about today. So first off, I want to talk to you about your book. And your book is about Not Without God, a survival, a story of survival. And I remember when you first uh, sent me your information, I thought, oh, this is going to be so good because... I think we need more stories about God because everything is a personal experience and it's it's so precious and so wonderful and I just can't wait to for you to tell me your story about that. Oh, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me and even being interested in my story. Yes, um I have a book called Not Without God as you mentioned and it's it's about a very catastrophic accident I was in at 16 years old while trying to cross the street on my way to school. I was hit by a car. Um, I was late that morning. I had been in the routine of trying to reach a best friend's bus stop whenever I had missed mine. I was sleeping in for whatever reason. We were, you know, soon into the school year. And that's when the accident happened. I was trying to cross this road and then get to my best friend's bus stop. So you were hit by this car. Did uh, What happened after that? Did you pass out and people came? and? So I was very injured and someone, a stranger, got out of his car. He had a blanket in the backseat of his car. He covered me. You know, the ambulance was called. They came immediately. I was taken to a local hospital where I live um, called Botsford Hospital, but they didn't have the technology to save me. So I had to be flown via survival life flight to Mott Children's at the University of Michigan. And that was where I met a nurse named Mary Kay. She just kept gently, I mean, I was in and out of consciousness. I was mumbling, not making much sense. I couldn't even open my eyes or move. But I remember feeling her. She just kept gently rubbing my shoulder and saying, hold on, Zena, we're taking you to U of M and they'll take very good care of you there. And in that horrific moment, I just felt this peace. You know, the Bible talks about a peace that surpasses all understanding. Mm-hmm. And I just felt this peace I can't explain. That was amazing. And how old were you when you had this accident? 
16. 16. So you're, you know, kind of an adult and very aware. So then they took you to this other hospital. And then did you have additional experiences from there? I had, I've had several experiences throughout my life. I had, um, I was very injured. You know, I had to be on a ventilator for three weeks. I couldn't eat solid food or more than ice chips for nearly a month. You know, mm. my spine was broken at the T10, T11. Some doctors predicted I would never walk again. It was that voice within again that just told me I'd recover and I, you know, I, I'd make it. And on one occasion, I had my left arm had actually been stuck at a 90 degree angle from the crash. Oh, Lord. Yeah. And there were two occupational therapists that were working on it for a couple of weeks and they could not straighten it. It was just stuck. And I, I had a friend named Dennis that I worked with at Strawberry Hills Fruit Market, you know, just before the accident happened. And once the accident happened, he'd come to the hospital, he'd visit me on Sundays, he'd bring prayer booklets, he'd talk to me about God and faith. And on one occasion, he just got up and stood next to my bed. And I wasn't sure what he was doing, but I trusted him. He held my arm gently, but firmly. And he began to stretch my arm. And at first, it would not move. But after some time, I began to feel heat and warmth. And all the while, he was looking up to the ceiling, and he was um, praying to God in what Christians call tongues. And after around 15 minutes or so, my arm became completely straight. Isn't that incredible? Yeah, I get goosebumps with that story because, you know, you know that a higher being was there to help you through that. And, of course, so then you, you started with that and then came and you could walk again. How long did that take? So it's it's been a, a work in progress for years. Now, I'm not walking the way I did before the accident. I do use forearm crutches. They're like the kind with the rings around the arm. So I'm not walking, you know, the way I did before the accident. But the fact that I can even walk at all is a miracle because, like I said, some some predicted I would not walk at all. But I've done thousands of hours of physical therapy. I mean, had I not worked so hard at it, I wouldn't be able to even walk today. And do you, are you still going with, with physical therapy as well? So at this point, I do my own training and exercise just because I've done so much of it. I'm pretty good at listening to my body and knowing, you know, what I need each day. And so your book, Not Without God... A, a story of survival, you went on and tell me how God is always playing in your life. Because obviously you moved on from the accident. You know, you're an adult, you're an accomplished writer and a teacher and uh, a, uh, you host webinars and classes and that as well. So how does God fit into your life now? Yeah, with God, it's just I've, I've had so many experiences, like supernatural, divine experiences, like the one I just talked about. He's been here the whole time. You know, even before the accident ever happened as a child, I would get these premonitions and I'd feel him say, you know, I would take these long bike rides because I liked being close to the nature and I could really feel peace. And I'd feel through whispers in my heart, like, this road will not be easy, Zena, but I will never leave you. And it hasn't been easy, but I have that feeling. I know he's never left me. Um, it's just there's been other experiences where, you know, he's come in to save me. 
at 11 years old, for example, I heard the voice within warn me to do something that saved me at that time as well. I was babysitting. I was only 11 years old and it was broad daylight. The screen door was locked, but the front door was wide open. And the child that I was babysitting began to cry because his mother had just left. So I was like, let's go play a board game. You know, let's sit on the floor. Let's try to get his mind off of it. Well, I heard this voice from within say, get up and shut the door. And that's all I heard. I couldn't do anything but listen to the voice. And as I went to get up and lock the door, there was like a station wagon of teenagers that were trying to come in to rob the house. Oh. And they were going around the neighborhood and doing that. So that's just another experience um, in my adult life now that you asked about, you know, the last time I saw my dad um, around two and a half years ago now, he, he was in hospice and I was there during his last moments. I felt the angels go in with me and I was able to help him transition from this life to the next. I mean, that's only one of many, you know, but I feel that that spirit, angels, God has been with me all along. That's really good. It's really good that you appreciate it and not afraid of it and you learn to trust it. What is your take on intuition and what does it mean to you? Yes, I definitely believe in intuition. I study physics a lot. One of my favorite physicists is he's a world renowned physicist, Brian Green. And the way he explains it really helps it all make sense. Like basically all we are is a bag of particles, right? Because we're an aftermath of the big bang or the big event, as I like to call it. There were no air molecules at the time, so there was no bang. But this event that happened 13 year, 13.8 million years ago produced all matter, everything we see, feel, taste, hear, touch, and experience today. It's even been proven that elements in our body are the same elements that are in stardust. So how are we brought to consciousness is what, you know, what we ask. How are we brought to consciousness? It's a mystery. You know, we have this awareness that animals don't have. You know, and to me, consciousness and intuition are very closely related. You know, consciousness is awareness. Intuition, um, intuition is um, unconscious activity that's brought to awareness. And I just label it as a mystery from God. It's one of those things we can't explain. Again, in the Bible, you know, we're taught that we are made in his likeness and image and Without him, I don't think we'd be able to experience it. I agree, because it is a, our higher self and our spiritual self, and that all connects to a higher being, whether you call it God or something else. I certainly believe it's more like God. So how does your intuition help you with creativity as a, as a writer? Oh, it helps me a lot. You know, I feel I feel once I get into the writing, I'm always working on my craft. And as you know, craft is something you develop over years and years. In my opinion, the writing craft doesn't come easy. And it's something we can continually work on. But my intuition just helps me speak those things that, you know, the things I want to share, like I'm sharing with you now. And it just leads me and guides me, you know, in the same way that it leads me and guides me through life. And that's good. So um, how, how much do you write every day? Do you write every day or you just write a little bit? 
so by the I way. Write every day. <laughs> yeah, I write every day. I journal every day. Um, not for a long amount of time, but I do take notes. I'm really good about journaling. I've always journaled. Uh, my latest book, Not Without God, Hope in This Storm, was released on January 24th. And I'm not currently working on a book, but I do plan to write a third book. So whenever I get into book writing mode, I'm definitely writing more and more for longer hours. And what keeps you inspired? Faith, friendship, the beauty of life, still being alive, which I'm grateful for. You know, one day we all we all go back to the earth. And once our time has run out, we all go back to that place, you know. But I'm just trying to appreciate and enjoy and live for today as best I can. So your book, let's go back on the bookend, um, Not Without God or Survival Story. Um, and you're looking to, it, it's, in, it's inspirational, but you also say that it appeals to caregivers and health professionals. And they are obviously very valuable in, in our life with, in the roles that they play. And what is some of the, the tips that a caregiver or health pro professional would benefit by reading your book? Yeah, just stay, stay in prayer, stay in faith, um, take care of yourself as well, because Caregiving can be draining, and especially when you're taking care of people with whether it's a cognitive issue or a physical issue, it can really drain out the caregiver. So it would it's especially important for caregivers to be in tune with that intuition. Take breaks as much as you can, of course, without you know sacrificing the safety of the person that you're taking care of, but just stay in prayer and, and stay in faith. Right. And so where do you go from here? So you, you've healed pretty much. You're still going through the process of healing more so you can walk without crutches in the near future. And there's no reason why that can't happen. Um, and so you're, you're writing in that. Are you writing like maybe to maybe make a movie out of your story or anything like that? I'm very open to that. And I haven't been presented with that opportunity as of yet. I feel there's a possibility that could happen. That's something I've always felt since I was younger. Of course, I'd like to play a role in writing writing it, if possible, just so I can tell it, you know, as clearly and, you know, sending the message that I want to give. I, I would feel comfortable. I wouldn't have to write the entire thing, but at least I'd like to play a part in writing. You should think about, you know, screenwriting and sort of look at the format with that when you're writing your story. And that way, when you write your book, then it can segue to, you know, to a movie a little bit. You know, stories like this being really ideal for Hallmark and other, you know, spiritually leading types of uh, streaming media. So here's what's your day like? I mean, when you get up in the morning, um, what do you do? And what? So my day is pretty much like anyone else's day. Of course, I move around a little differently because I am either on the crutches and when I feel a little tired out, I may sit and roll around in the wheelchair just because it's more efficient for me. Um, but I get up, I make my coffee, you know, I um, maybe have a few phone calls, whether it's work meetings such as this one or social phone calls. I start teaching. I teach full time online, but that starts for me later in the afternoon because a lot of the people that I work with are either you know on different time zones or even in another country so I'm usually occupied from like four to at least nine or ten eastern Monday through Friday and what do you teach 
So I teach academics, I teach K through 12, various subjects to kids, you know, not only that have learning disabilities, but kids that may just be struggling for whatever reason. And I also teach English as a second language. I'm certified, so I teach for an international company um, doing that. But it's since pandemic, it's all online. You know, before the pandemic, I would get up and go to work every day. I worked for a homeschooling company in the Metro Detroit area. They'd send me out to churches all over. But since COVID began, I'm mainly teaching online now. That's probably, that's good. It's not as good as one-on-one. I mean, but when you get the one-on-one, you get all that kind of energy that goes in. And, you know, so maybe you'll get into more of that. I'm curious, though, um, with your such strong belief and spiritual belief in God and Christianity, maybe you might think of doing something more involved in, in a church or starting your own kind of, you know, metaphysical type of church online, even for that matter. Oh, and maybe you do some of your own healing. I mean, there's probably something there. I mean, everybody comes in and out of our lives. You know, we can heal each other by exchange of energy and inspire and motivate the same kind of thing. And maybe you could do something in that arena. I believe that. I believe we all have that capability. And I, if I have that capability, that would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> well, you do. And I think you could, you know, certainly focus on that or start planting seeds. I mean, who knows how that's going to happen? You certainly have a long life ahead of you and as well as writing and being a, a good speaker. So you might want to think about doing a TED talk, you know, as well, because you have an extraordinary story and and, you know, people need to be inspired by it and learn from it. Thank you so much. I'm I'm open to any of those possibilities. So where can everybody buy your book? Can they buy uh, Not Without God? They get it online or through Amazon as well? So Not Without God, A Story of Survival is on Amazon. It's on many different platforms. It's in some different languages. Um, and they can basically get it. If you just Google it, you'll find it, no problem. Or even just go directly to Amazon. There's a hardcover, a paperback, and a Kindle version. They can all also go on my website at xenahermes.com or notwithoutgod.net. That's the other domain, but it's the same website. And I blog there every day so people can follow me. They can buy my book. Um, I also like to write about health and diet. And I just, you know, my hobby is to try to help others overcome adversity of any kind. Yeah, you almost have 5,000 followers, so that's nothing to sneeze at. So that's pretty exciting. So your website is Zena, like Tina, and Hermes is H-E-R-M-E-Z.com. Um, let's go back on intuition. So intuition is, as you defined, is basically the voice of God and for us to sort of understand that. But when you get in your own intuitive uh, impressions, does it come to you as a feeling? Does it come to you visually? I mean, how do you how do you get it? That's a great question. I would say for me, it's more through my audio, like hearing. I don't get so much the visions where I see God or I see Jesus, but I feel like I have this direct connection where I can hear from him um, very easily. You know, I had a recent experience. My mother had COVID-19 and I stayed with her for 14 days straight. And just following that voice to God and following my intuition, I was able to save her life. You know, she went in to take a shower. She was so sick, she could not come out. Oh Lord. Had I not been there, she wouldn't be here today. But that's another experience where I feel the direct connection. It's not something where I really struggle to feel it, like hearing from the Lord or getting those messages. And that's not to say like 
I'm clear 100% of the time and I know what God wants me to do and where he wants me to go. Of course not, because I'm human. And sometimes, you know, our emotions get in the way, whether it's frustration or we're struggling. But for the most part, I always come back to that, that place because my prayer is always, please, God, lead me and guide me, lead me and guide me. You know, the Bible talks about how in John 14, 26, Jesus says, when I depart from you, I will leave you with an advocate, the Holy Spirit, and he will teach you all things and be with you forever. And to me, the Holy Spirit is always with me. So it's not so much of a seeing thing for me. It's more of a feeling and a hearing thing. Very good. And so if you were going to tell somebody else to, you know, trust in God and trust in their intuition, what is the first thing you would tell them, like a skeptic? You know, a skeptic says, oh, I don't believe in God and all that. And you've gone through your your experience and you know that God exists. So how do you tell them to be open to God and, and the messages, therefore? Well, I would be open to it if someone presented me with that. Like, I don't, I'm not open to God and they're, you know, if they're challenging me, I would... Um, I would be very understanding because we all have different beliefs and faith backgrounds and we don't all believe the same thing. But if they were asking for advice, I would probably direct mm -hmm. them to the New Testament to maybe start with one of the gospels. Someone asked me before who was an atheist, he was at one of my speaking events and he said, what you said was so great. You know, he said, but I'm an atheist. He said, but I felt something off what you said. You know, he said, what should I do? And I said, well, I would direct you right to the New Testament. Not that the Old Testament is not useful or the words of God, but the New Testament really helps us bring it all together, in my opinion. And I would, you know, even just if that's too much for them and they don't want to do all that, I would simply ask them to just ask God the, our higher power to lead and guide because once you open that channel that prayer you know god hears us and no prayer is ever unheard or unanswered what's interesting you bring up that and and i want to know your thoughts because we've had an awful lot of you call it like shootings like the most the one most recently at, at that school and i remember hearing somebody say you know well if god is so great why is he allowing this to happen but then we've spent the last several years for political reasons, primarily removing God out of our schools, removing God out of certain places, and then all this chaos is happening. And I think it's because there's not there's a, there's a lack of God, there's a lack of being able to comfortably talk about it, and and to pre help prevent that because that person that did the shooting obviously was in, in a tremendous amount of pain, not just mental issues but a lot of pain, and he just took out you know he just became evil and and you can't stop evil no matter what. So do you think it's important to bring in God into our sort of public institutions in some sort of subtle way without being offending certain people just to have that presence there? I do. Absolutely. Because I think the more we can do that, the better. Um, all the, you know, the major faiths, Judaism, Christianity, Islam, we all believe in a higher power. We believe in God. They're all monotheistic religions. Now, of course, we have Buddhism and Hinduism and other polytheistic religions, but for the most part, everyone believes in a higher power. And if we could bring in that spirituality that will enrich us with values and, you know, make us each more altruistic, because 
there's a reason why we have the feeling to do good, right? There's a reason why we feel that, you know? And I think the point that you bring up that it's lacking in the schools is not even something I've thought about recently. I think that's a big problem. Yeah, and I'm not sure, you know, where the answers are and how how you can people can have a, a delicate balance, but but anyway, Zena, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. I want to invite everybody to check out your book, Not Without God, A Story of Survival, to sort of get a sense what you went through and how you were able to overcome obstacles, almost 100%. You're still working on a couple things physically, and you're an incredible writer and a speaker, and and so you're, you're very uplifting, and not just your words, but your energy. So I, I look forward to talking with you again, but maybe when you have uh, another book that you're ready to come out. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for tuning in today to another episode of The Intuitive Edge with my special guest, Zena Hermes. I hope you were inspired by her story. You'll read her Not Without God book series about survival. And for those of you looking for a new way to raise your visibility, expand your brand, track new business, check out studiocarlton.com. We're voice designers, producers, and developers of custom Amazon Alexa skills. We can create some very robust, interactive, visually engaging content for Amazon Alexa. The Intuitive Edge was produced by Weston Media Group, LLC, Atlanta, Georgia. 